You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Tomorrow, South Africa will be delivered its medium-term budget policy statement, MTBPS. With me to discuss it and what might come of it is Annabel Bishop, who's the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. Annabel, I was very tempted to just take all our previous interviews and take bits out of them, put them all together and play it out without talking to you, because it seems to me that every time we speak twice a year, the MTBPS and the Budget for Real, we talk about the same things. Is anything different this time? Well, we do have a couple of differences, and I think, you know, one of them is to maybe dwell on what it really means, the fact that we've had this um, massive increase in the size of GDP, historical revision, 11% larger, which obviously pushes down all the fiscal ratios, whether it's gross loan debt, whether it's the fiscal deficit itself, net loan debt, etc. They all drop out substantially. You know, previously, if they were expected to be peaking you know, towards the um, 100% mark for gross loan debt in the high 90s, you know, now they'll be peaking substantially lower. In fact, you know, we actually expected this year at about um, 70%. And of course, you know, the prior um, gross loan debt forecast for this year was 80%. Now, now this is important because obviously that is what the credit rating agencies look at. They look at your ability to repay debt, i.e. how much debt have you got often a a big indicator, uh, you know, in line with your revenue. And the reason why it can be interesting is that, you know, ratios of GDP is how you measure our peers' debt. So, you know, if we look at Brazil, for example, we look at their ratio of debt as a percentage of GDP, and now ours has just got substantially lower. So that that has to mean something for credit rating agencies, if you see what I mean. Plus, of course, as well, the fact that we are collecting more revenue because of the increased efficiency at SARS. So those two should actually be something different and positive. Yes. Go back to the beginning of your answer. The sort of recalibration, I know it happens every few years, but isn't it just a statistical nicety and it doesn't, it sort of masks the real underlying economy, you know, the man and woman on the street buying stuff and factories making things. Is that not the case? Well, you know, the whole point of these GDP measurements is obviously to have a look at um, whether it is still adequately capturing reality or not. And, you know, if you think about it, if you've obviously got um, an industry that's waning, that's declining, and you've got another industry that's growing, you know, for example, technology growing substantially, or even business processing, outsourcing in South Africa, for example, again, you know, tech-related. And, of course, as well, instead, if you have a look at maybe hard copy books that are on the decline, people preferring to read them online. You know, those are simple examples, but they do show you how your economy changes. And of course, if you're only um, <laughs> surveying the purchase of hard copy books and you're not surveying what's happening in the technology space, yes. then of course, you're missing not only a, a large sector, but a fast growing sector, but also, of course, one that's providing a quickening to economic growth. It's seeing quicker economic growth in its sector. It's growing larger quickly, whereas the book um, industry or the book binding industry or the related industries will be slowing and obviously that then would negatively impact GDP. So, so that's just an example of you know why it's relevant. Of course, another reason is to give investors an idea of your economy. You know, There's no point in giving them a different idea of what the economy is really like because you haven't bothered to update your surveys. And of course, this happens around the world, as you said. It happens in different economies all the time. Our 11% increase is not unusual. But I think you know what's quite key about it as well is that it does obviously provide great insight into what's happening. And in fact, the tax revenue figures were indicating the economy was much larger anyway. So in a way, this has actually just played catch up now, if you will. Okay, let's have a look at SARS first of all, because yes, SARS has become more efficient under a new regime. But on the other hand, 
there's been a windfall commodity inflow for SARS. And, and, and there is evidence that certain of South Africa's commodity companies are not enjoying uh, the, 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 the very, very good times they've had over the last couple of years. And the next figures from those companies might not be as glamorous and therefore SARS revenues won't be as well. Is that also a risk? Yes, you know, that did obviously pull through the um, budget surplus we saw for that one month in June. As you say, it's a risk. You can't depend on commodities. In fact, economies that only depend on commodities obviously have great risks attached. But of course, as well, you know, having a look at our commodity boom as well, we did well early in the year. We got in good revenue. And of course, let's not forget the riots that came afterwards in July, which ate up a lot of the revenue because of the extension of the increased social reef grant. But also, of course, as well, you know, National Treasury having to put money into SASRIA, our, our national insurance company that obviously insures damage from riot action, etc. But also a well number of the factors. So, so while, you know, we might possibly see revenue 100 to 150 billion overshoot, about 50 billion of that could be eaten up by these additional expenditure. Longer term as well, we're likely to see some form of a basic income grant. This will be a positive for South Africa because obviously we would see it likely tied to um, a number of other factors as well. But of course, also it could be an it could come in many different forms. It may not just be a flat contribution. It may instead, or a flat transfer. It may instead be um, a contribution towards job seekers, for example, may instead take the form of a job seekers grant. So this is a grant to adults, working age adults who are not disabled, obviously not children, not, not, not pensioners. And of course, you know, the benefits there is that it has been shown in other countries to provide that little bit of extra income people need just to help them, you know, get on their feet, um, you know, look for work better, but also, of course, as well, perhaps even, you know, use it in a small, um, you know, growing micro enterprise. So all these um, contributions are, are positive. But, you know, the, the question is, will we have enough money to pay for them. And of course, you know, that's the reality. So SARS, you know, really improving its collection efficiency is a big key here as well. You know, the one soft commodity boom impact you and I have just talked about, but on, on a longer term basis, and really this year, SARS massively in, increasing its um, efficiencies, collecting a lot more money from those who obviously need to see money collected, not just this year, but historically as well, missing out on revenue that it should have collected over the past 10 years of state capture, when instead obviously we had damage to many state institutions, hollowing out of, of many of these, not only state owned entities, but also of course as well, you know, institutions like SARS. So, so that on a longer term basis could obviously see substantial um, lift in their ability, you know, to collect and they obviously is very important. But lastly, the key point really, Lindsay, as you and I know, is of course substantially fast economic growth. And here we continue to see lagging of structural reforms, reforms not quickly implemented. And of course, you know, the National Treasury can't, it's not their job <laughs> to implement structural reforms. Yes. Even when they suggest structural reforms, the Tito Mboweni did, it often gets ignored. You kindly sent me your MPC preview yesterday, and it's of course that's linked to the MTBPS story. And you say South Africa risks seeing a repo rate hike next week as easy global monetary policy starts to unwind. Do you think that is appropriate uh, with a backdrop of what what will be an MTBPS that we don't know what is going to be unveiled in tomorrow? But on the other hand, obviously the two are linked and the two departments do talk to each other. Yes, you know, I don't think the economy is strong enough for an interest rate hike in South Africa. You know, that said, um, we risk being left behind from an exchange rate perspective. We've really seen quite a bit of RAND weakness in the past month or so because, as you were talking about, you know, the unwind globally for monetary policy that's begun. And, of course, what that really means is we've seen a number of emerging market economies start to hike their interest rates. You know, higher interest rates in Brazil, um, not Turkey, obviously, <laughs> in other direction, no. but a number of other countries, you know, a number of other, you know, 
know, well-run emerging market economies, Russia, for example, really sees the ruble strengthen quite substantially. And of course, the rand will weaken if our reserve bank delays. Likely, I think um, because we obviously are seeing the fraud curve factoring in substantial rate hikes, so we're likely to see a rate hike possibly um, next week. Uh, we're expecting a 25 basis point lift. What this really means is that the um, forward rate agreements, the money market is expecting not just a 25 basis point hike next week, but they're actually expecting almost a 3%, 25 to 3% hike in interest rates in South Africa over the um, next 24 months. And what that really means is the financial markets are building in a normalization of monetary policy for South Africa. As you know, Lindsay, you know, real interest rates in South Africa essentially must be neutral or and around the world as well when your economies are in faster growing periods. And that really means that for South Africa, if our inflation target is at well, our midpoint is four and a half percent. Two percent above that gives you six and a half percent. Our repo rates at three and a half at the moment. So there's that three percent lift. But interestingly as well, just bringing it back to the budget, the um, Reserve Bank's been talking quite a bit about lowering the inflation target maybe towards four instead of um, four or four and a half, the midpoint. And National Treasury is the one that actually sets the new inflation target. So National Treasury may well announce something this week on a change to inflation targeting, a proposal, um, and of course not an actual change yet. And the um, Reserve Bank is required to implement it, whereas National Treasury is required to set the parameters. So that could be something unusual as well on this budget, something we haven't been used to for many years. Yes, well, I think what they should do is maybe have a chat with the uh, oil traders worldwide with uh, Brent crude oil above $85 per barrel and uh, maybe just put off the inflation expectation readjustments for, for now anyway. But that's just me. Annabelle, just give, <laughs> Absolutely. Us, just give us a brief sort of a potted look forward to the MTBPS tomorrow. What do you expect? Well, you know, Lindsay, this is not a tax budget, so we don't expect to see any changes in taxation. We don't expect to see any tax adjustments, if you will, to personal income tax or any of the other real uh, revenue collections for SARS. So this, that's quite important. Look, what this budget usually is is more of a policy budget. So we might get indications on future um, tax thoughts from National Treasury. You know what it's thinking about to raise more revenue. They have been going along the line of saying we need uh, quicker collections, faster growth, etc. You know, not, not, not higher tax rate. Our tax buoyancy ratio is very low in South Africa. It means that if you keep on hiking the tax rate, you end up, you know, get, getting less less tax eventually. You know, you, you collect less on a RAND value, but it's certainly been slowing. So that's indicating that that's a real risk. So as I said, it's, it's a policy, policy budget. We've talked about inflation targeting as well. Interestingly, what the International Energy Agency, you know, the um, – big um, you know, energy agency in the United States has been talking about is that cu- countries have got to start thinking of cutting their, their um, levies in the fuel prices. So if you look at South Africa, if we have a fuel price of uh, close to tw- 20 rand for petrol, um, a litre in Gauteng, for example, mm. you know, 10 rand or more of that is government taxes. Uh, there's, you know, the fuel levy, there's other levies, the RAF contribution, etc. And, you know, um, international authorities have been saying, well, you know, these fuel prices high and likely to remain high for quite a while. You know, remember these oil exporters are very worried about, um, you know, the reduced carbon imprint globally and the move away from oil. So they're probably trying to make as much money in the short term as possible. But, you know, that aside, you know, many of these international agencies have been saying, you know, governments need to actually cut their taxation on fuel prices. That'll help bring the fuel price down in South Africa because it's obviously been quite high. That also incidentally bring down your um, 
inflation component from the fuel price there as well. And obviously, on a longer term basis, the reason why they suggest that is that with countries moving away from oil, from petrol, diesel, etc., they need to obviously look to raise tax revenue elsewhere if there's going to be a big decline in consumption. So I think that might be a bit forward looking yet, but maybe our government does talk about that policy issue as well in the budget. And then, of course, this budget is often a time for capital liberalization, you know, uh, increasing exchange control allowances. So we might hear something about that. But mainly, I think the big interest is going to be what are our debt ratios we talked about at the start and our fiscal um, ratios. And of course, how does that really impact in terms of the credit rating agency's view? And we will see revisions to our GDP outlook. There is the the, the National Treasury forecast um, at the start of this year for 2021 GDP was 3.3%. And, um, you know, with the IMF, the World Bank, uh, our Reserve Bank and many others looking at closer to 5%. Now, we'll see that revision for this year. But for, for longer term um, economic outlook, I don't think we're going to see um, much beyond what we're expecting. We're expecting a GDP growth of 2% next year and then, you know, reaching 3% by 2026 without a substantial quickening and structural reform in South Africa. And as we said at the start, this is not something that National Treasury can implement, but it can continue to suggest that we move expenditure away from current expenditure into infrastructure expenditure, but more particularly, um, you know, into growth enhancing objectives and initiatives. So, so I think these are going to be areas people look at for, um, for the budget on Thursday. And maybe ESCOM expenditure as well, but that's another story. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Annabelle, I'd love to book you uh, for the day after the MTBPS so we can go through and see if any of your predictions have come true. But thank you very much for your preview. That's Annabelle Bishop, the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.